GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and I am joined by both of my co-hosts. And the three of us together. Can you imagine the three of us together mind-melding and 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 fighting in a giant Jaeger. I don't think it would work. I, I can say oh, I I can no. safely say I don't want to drift with either of you. Um, I don't want to be that uh, Jaeger that randomly had three arms. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, we'd be dead real quick. Yeah, <laughs> real quick. So so of the three of us, whose head would we like to least be in? Yours. Yours. Yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's, you know what? Um, I'll take that. So uh, we're talking about uh, Pacific Rim uh, today, tonight, whenever you're listening. Um, it's late was, for us, so. It is, but, you know, we're going to power through. Uh, this episode, this movie was released on July 12th, 2013. Uh, LPJ, why don't you start with your background into this movie? Sure. Um, so I don't know. Do you guys remember G4 TV? Yes. yes. Okay. So G4 used to cover the uh, Comic-Con and E3 and all that stuff. So back like like several, almost uh, over a decade now, I would say like 2010-ish, um, they, were covering, uh, they were covering Comic-Con and they had Guillermo del Toro there for whatever reason, I don't know why. Uh, and he just kind of mentioned that he was thinking about doing this movie. And wanted to make a giant, you know, ro- giant robots for giant monster movie. And I was thinking to myself, man, if anybody could do it, it's Guillermo del Toro. I think it'd be fantastic. And so then I slowly would hear little things about this movie uh, would come out. Like they got a script done. They got, you know, they, they got the cast done. They released little design images here and there. And it's this movie kind of slowly built, and I was super excited for it. I was so pumped to see it, and I went. I would say I probably went opening night. I would assume I probably did, um, or very close to when it opened. And I love this movie right off the bat, right off the bat. And I bought it as soon as it came out on Blu-ray, and or actually no, it was a DVD. And um, I've seen this movie a dozen times, maybe. Um, this is a movie I enjoy quite a bit. Um. Yeah, I I, uh, I remember like kind of the hype for this movie. I remember all the trailers. I think I might have saw it with you in the theaters. LBK, I think so. To be honest with you, uh, I can't remember if we saw it in 3D because it was converted over the 3D. But that's, um, but it's a movie. It's been a movie that I, you know, I, I actually surprisingly don't own this. Um, believe it or not, I own the sequel, which is weird. But I think I got it. <laughs> that I, is like, weird. A, I, I, I think what it was is I hadn't seen the sequel, and years ago, like I was at like a. Uh, Black Friday thing at Walmart, and it was like five bucks for the oh, Blu-ray, okay. so I just bought it. Um, but anyway, so I, I remember seeing this movie on TV a lot, and I've always enjoyed it. Um, and kind of like it, it had been kind of surprising, I think, that we hadn't covered it. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, that's that's my background. What about you, uh, Swings? Uh, this is my first watch. Um, this genre is not in the past anything that has ever interested me in any way but that's also when you brought this movie up i i wanted to give it a shot i wanted to watch it i was kind of curious about it and uh i'll say i i'm happy i i gave it that go so um i'll just kind of leave it at that for now but um yeah all right uh you know, and, so and sorry to, to sorry to circle back a bit that is one of those things that kind of drew me to this is I grew up watching Godzilla movies and I love watching uh, mecha anime. So anime that has, you know, like Gundam, uh, they have giant, the guys and giant robots fighting. So this was sort of up my alley. Um, I, I really, right. and that, and that's, I mean, that's what, uh, Guillermo del Toro that, you know, like that's what, like his influences for yeah. this. He talks about like the animes he watched growing up and obviously the Godzilla monster movies and stuff like that. Um, 
Yeah, so anime the, is never anything I, I ever really got into. And even monster movie-wise, embarrassingly, the only two, I guess the only three monster movies I've ever really seen is the shitty 90s Godzilla with Matthew Broderick, yeah. <laughs> the shitty Peter Jackson King Kong, uh, and then I saw Cloverfield, which I liked that one. But. Okay. Um, okay, so numbers on this. Uh, movie has a budget of $180 million. Um it it it's it, this is interesting to me. It's domestic gross. Maybe not. It makes sense, but it's domestic gross is only one hundred and one million dollars. But then it goes on worldwide to make four hundred and eleven million dollars. But I guess it does make sense that this is going to make more money overseas than here in the U.S. Like, sure. I I'm sure like in Asia and stuff like that, it made tons and tons of money. You know, mm-hmm. does like Guillermo del Toro at this point? I think he's still. Like, I know he did, like, Hellboy and Blade and Pan's Lambeth, but I think he was still kind of below the radar at this point, Yeah, too, this wasn't is, it? this is really, this is before, like, he made, like, I feel like before he made, like, The Shape of Water, whatever yeah. it was, it yeah. kind of, like, won him awards and kind of, like, got him. Uh, this was right after Hellboy 2. Or not even right and, after. And, Hellboy 2 was five years prior to this. And even Idris Elba, Elba is probably not that big yet in the States at this point either. No, I, so, I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't th- I this think this is right pre Luther. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So the rotten tomatoes on this is 72% and it has an audience score of 77%, which both seem kind of sure about right. So um, top grossing movies of 2013, uh, you have number one, the hunger games catching fire. You have number two, iron man three and number three frozen. This is the first movie we have covered in 2013. Hey, uh, and, and cross another one off the list if you're doing a bingo for the years that we've covered movies in 2013. Check. Uh, this movie, Pacific Rim, came in 34th in the domestic box office for the year. Um, moving into the cast, uh, this movie stars uh, Charlie Hunnam of uh, Sons of Anarchy fame as Raleigh Beckett. Uh, as Sphinx mentioned, you got uh, Idris Elba playing Stacker Pentecost. Uh, Charlie Day is in it as Newt. Um, Guys, that's all. Oh, and, and uh, Ron Perlman is Hannibal Chow. That's all I have, but I'm assuming you might have somebody else. Sure. Uh, LPJ or Sphinx. Uh, yeah, Bern Gorman's in this. Bern Gorman is the other scientist, uh, Dr. Gottlieb. He's in all kinds of different things as sort of. Uh, creepy villain usually he's in the new halo series if you've watched that um he's just he's in the dark knight rises uh he just kind of shows up as sort of a a uh, character actor smarmy creepy bad guy typically is what he plays um who else did we miss in here uh, this is just Clifton Collins Jr. who occasionally shows up. He is one of the vegan police in um, in uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, and he's another character actor that kind of shows up in a lot of things too. I, I will say this: uh, that the actress that plays uh, Mako Mako Mori uh, Rinko Kukuchi, whatever yep. it is. Uh, she was in uh, recently. I watched the show on HBO Max, uh, Tokyo Vice. Uh, which is really good, and she was on that show. So um, there you go. Um, Okay, let's do a few net worths. Let's start with Ron Perlman. He's got that sweet, sweet Hellboy money. What do you think, LBJ, for Ron Perlman? Ooh, Ron Perlman's got that sweet, sweet uh, Blade 2 movie, Blade 2 money. Um, I'm going to go, I'll go 30 million for him. Okay, what do you think, Sphinx? Um, I'm blanking on Ron Perlman. Movies. Oh, I'll give you one. He's but... got that sweet, sweet Beauty and the Beast, the TV show money. <laughs> oh my God, he with, is the Beast with Linda, yeah. ha- with Linda Hamilton. With Linda Hamilton, yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, I'll give you that sweet, sweet. He's uh, he's a uh, a Reman or from Remus in Star Trek Nemesis. Remember, he's with Sinjon. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one was for hovercraft joe uh what did you say lpj i said 30 what was your number i'll say 25 uh only eight million dollars for ron perlman you guys overshot okay yeah. next up charlie he's, day. he's worth 30 million in my heart charlie day he's got that sweet sweet horrible bosses too money what do you think sphinx for charlie day that lego movie money uh i'll bet you charlie day's got 
15. Right. LBJ? See, he didn't he, he co-created Sunny Day, Sunny uh Yeah. Uh it's always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um yeah. and that is a juggernaut. I'm going to go I say he's got 50 million. Uh 30 million dollars for Charlie Day. Uh next up is uh Idris Elba. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet, uh, couple episodes of the office. He was on money. Uh, what do you think? Uh, LPJ, why can't uh, I think of the name of his character in the office? It's inconsequential. Uh, go ahead. Charles. You're right. Charles. I don't know his last name. Can't remember. You're right though. He's okay. got anyway, that, sorry. He's got that sweet, sweet. It's a GI Joe retaliation money. Is he in retaliation? Or he's in the first one. He's in a G.I. Joe movie? Yeah, he's in a G.I. Joe movie. Uh, I can't remember which one he's in. He's one of the G.I. Joe movies. Uh, I'm going to go... I'll go $50 million for him. Okay. What do you think, Sphinx? Get that sweet, sweet... He's Knuckles and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> yep. um, I just saw that with the kids a few weeks ago. Good movie. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I Actually, I thought both movies have been good. I like uh, the first one. I haven't seen the second one yet. Anyways. I think he's slightly underneath. I'll say $45 million. $30 million for Idris Elba. And then finally, Charlie Hunnam. He's got that sweet, sweet, that King Arthur movie that Guy Ritchie made that he was in that I never saw in money. What do you think? Sphinx? Sphinx. He's got that sweet, sweet Lost City of Z money, which I love that book and hated the fucking movie. Uh, $15 million. I only know him from Sons of Anarchy. Anarchy. I've never seen an episode. I just know he's in it. Uh, I'll say $12 million. $20 million for Charlie Hunter. Uh As we mentioned already and kind of came up a couple of times, this movie is directed by Guillermo del Toro, and it's written by Guillermo del Toro and Travis Beecham. Right? Yep. Am I saying that right? Beecham. Yeah, Beecham. Okay. Uh, the music is by – I'm, I'm going to need some help with this one – Ramen – Jawadi? Yeah, Raman Jawadi. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I actually really like the music in this movie. Like, I like it a lot. Uh, and we're actually going to play the main theme, or at least some of the main theme, right, LBJ? Yeah. Yep, here we go. I'll, oh, can I tell you real quick? Yeah. It's yeah. too late. No, go ahead. Uh, I, he's also responsible for the Game of Thrones theme song. Yep. Game oh, of shoot. Thrones theme. Did. He did uh, – he does a lot of HBO. He does Westworld's theme. Um, he yeah, a bunch he's, of video games too. A lot of video game like. stuff. Yeah, he Model writes Honor, the Gears, uh, yep, games Gear on Xbox. Yeah, he's pretty prolific. He's he's kind of a, a modern day Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Here we go. Main theme. Man, there's something to be said about a good riff and just playing it over and over again. And this, this I, song I, is a sweet I love, riff. I love that theme and how it kind of like builds a little bit too, where it keeps uh-huh. kind of adding stuff on. I don't know why. Like, it, I, I really enjoy that theme. And like, I never really thought about it before till to watch through this time. And every time I'd hear that music, I'd be like, I'd get a little psyched. Like, you yeah. said that like riff and stuff. Like, I don't know. I, I really like it, and I think it's re- used really effectively throughout the movie. So yeah, I, uh, I, I, it's yeah. music in a film can be background, it can be completely non consequential, or it can really influence 
the film itself and how you feel about it. And this is one of those that is it's almost like its own character. Like it really it really informs the audience of what's about to happen. Um, it's just it's just a fantastic theme. Really good. Really, really, really good. Um, okay. So uh, we're going to get into the plot here. Is there anything e- either of you want to mention before we start talking through uh, the plot of the movie? I had the two taglines. They're, yep. they're, they're not fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, the first one I think is okay. It says it's a uh, go big or go extinct. No, whatever. Uh, and then the last one is to fight monsters. We created monsters. All right. I mean, I feel like that's yeah. just a line from the movie, but yeah. um, not great. But um, I mean, like, I, and I, I feel like they didn't need good taglines because I feel like this movie, like, kind of what we talked about, like, sells itself. Sells itself. It's like, oh, it's giant mm-hmm. robots fighting giant monsters. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things that you kind of always wanted to see, but never had a chance to, unless you were watching like a cheesy Japanese, cheesy Japanese uh, kaiju movie. You know, like Ultraman or something like that. Like we just, it's, we never had anything like that here in the United States, um, and 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 not, we never, definitely never had anything like that in the United States that's done well. That actually had a budget behind it. That you know, used the 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 latest uh, uh, visual effects. I mean, I, ILM was behind all of the visual effects for this, and uh, you know, you, we just this is kind of a first of its kind sort of movie as far as this style goes. Yeah, and, and the film looks amazing. Like, you know, yeah. here we are nine years later. I mean, everything holds up. Uh, it's fan, like, visually, it's stunning. It really does a great job. That is one of the things I noticed. Like, watching it now in 4K, like, it, a lot of times, you know, older movies, you can see the seams in 4K. You can see kind of like where they rendered something a little cheaply. This has none of that. Like this really holds up well. Um, it, you know, it's a credit to Guillermo del Toro's kind of a uh, 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 detail oriented style of filming. Um, all right, let, let's get into it. And obviously some other stuff will, will come up as we talk through it. So the movie opens up with a title card uh, explaining us to it. Kaiju is uh, means giant beast and that the word Jaeger means hunter, right? Uh, we're kind of like we get caught up in, in, like the beginning of the movie is kind of like Charlie Hunnam doing this. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Why can't I think of it? Voiceover yep. kind of like getting us caught up to the world. And we're basically like, well, like everyone thought that like aliens, when they finally appeared, were going to come from the sky. But it turns out they actually came from the ocean, like deep in the Pacific Ocean. This like breach open to another universe, or another world. And like aliens started appearing through this breach giant uh, the kaijus the giant monsters like the first one showed up destroyed san francisco we get our first shot of a kaiju they started appearing like other places and like we weren't prepared to deal with them because it like took like a lot of like tanks and i think it said took like basically like a month to bring the first one down with like tanks and bombs and all that stuff like that and then they kept showing up so then like all the countries in the world banded together because they were facing this problem to start the uh, Jaeger program to build these giant robots that were going to fight them. The, the only thing I will say, and I, and I do like this movie, I feel like, and I, watching it all these times, I still feel like the whole thing where it's like, well, we, it has to be a two-pilot system. Like, I still feel like that's kind of forced into the movie, right? Like, I feel like... Because even this time, I was like, well, it's just a robot, so why couldn't? Why does someone even have to be inside of it? Why can't they just be back at headquarters, like, piloting it with joysticks? Like, I never completely understood, and I get it, it's for the movie and for the plot and, and, and all that kind of stuff in it, but I never understood why I'm supposed to believe that they had to, like, be neurally linked and whatever to pilot these, like, when it's, like, it's a robot, you know? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe I've just seen it too many times and I question that, but... No, when I... You know, when I first started watching it, and again, this is the only time I've ever seen it, I initially thought that exact thing. I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, why are they actually, like, they're actually going to be inside the thing? I thought they were going to be, like you said, just kind of programming them from somewhere else. Maybe that's the difference, in all honesty, between 2013 and 2022, right? Like, well, I just, I just think, I mean, makes- drones were obviously a thing back then, but I just, to the I level just- of, sophistication now i don't know 
I think the real answer is for the movie, for the plot, and to add drama, it, it's a lot more to have you got pilots inside of it and there's a sense of danger that they could be killed and they're linked together and all that's worked into the plot. So I think it's obviously just a part of the plot. Like if you think about it too much, it doesn't make sense why they have to be neurally linked and all this stuff. But like but you could have done like a – yeah, you could have done like a neurally linked somewhere isolated though and it could still impact and harm that person. Yeah, but the dangerous thing is I agree, not as much, but Yeah, and I and I think like the whole thing is like Charlie Hunnam's character arc, a huge part of it is set up by the loss of his brother that we get to, and that can't happen unless he's physically in the Jaeger. So like I get it to a certain extent, but it's like it's one of those things, you know, obviously it's a movie about giant robots fighting monsters, so you can't really like pick it apart too much. But I was going Oh, go ahead. And and not just that, not just the whole, you know, it, it, one, it, one. If you don't have somebody in the suit, you don't have any kind of emotional conne- connection to the robot itself, and that's primarily what you're seeing fighting on the screen. But another part of it is, if you look at where Guillermo del Toro's drawing his inspiration, he's drawing it from anime, and in the mecha anime series, in the mecha anime genre, it's always a pilot inside of a suit. Um, it's never just robots, and in fact. In fact, the robots, just the the autonomous robots, are always the villains in those mecha animes. I was gonna say, it reminds me of Power Rangers as a kid. Yeah, you know, like each of the Power Rangers were inside, yeah. and that's what that's based mecha on. Megazord or whatever. Yeah, you're not wrong. It all comes um, from like Gundam. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, the thing was they designed the Jaegers to fight back against the Kaiju's. Uh, the neural load is too much for one pilot, so that's how they set up the two pilot system. And then, like, essentially, they were doing good for a while. They kind of were they were beating the kaiju's, and like, you know, the 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 story goes is that they say it almost became like an afterthought. Like they made toys out of kaiju's, and like they thought it was like they were they were good. Like they, you know, like they had they were they were good, and they were good, they knew how to handle them, and it wasn't a big deal. Cut to uh, I thought this was funny. Alaska in the year twenty twenty. Yeah, it's like that. That's the future is 2020. And it's like, OK, um, uh, there's a Kai, It's They tell us it's year seven of the Kaiju War. Kaiju War year seven. Uh, Charlie Hunnam and his brother, uh, they're drift compatible. They uh, pilot a uh, Jaeger called Gypsy Danger. Um, they're either drift compatible, which basically means that, like, their minds meld well and they can, like, run the. Uh, they can efficiently work the work the, the Jaeger. And they're brothers, so it makes sense. Right. So they uh, they go off. There's a there's a kaiju that shows up. They I, I do like the fact that they somehow do you like to be the guy that immediately gives a nickname to the kaijus because they always have like they show up and then immediately like they're like a kaiju sighting nickname knifehead like they yep. have it like immediately like I don't know whose job that is maybe the guy with the suspenders but um so they there's and maybe I maybe I never picked up on this before basically Idris Elba runs the program. He tells them to go out there and just, like, monitor the coastline or not let the kaiju get close to the coastline. But there's, like, a boat out there, and they decide to go out to save the boat with the fishermen on it and kind of, like, attack the kaiju, like, kind of going against orders, right? Like, they're supposed to just, like, play defense, but they go out to save the boat. Um, They get in a big fight. Charlie Hunnam's brother ends up getting, like, ripped out of the... Kaiju, uh, the Jaeger, and killed. He gets killed while they're still like neurally connected. Um, but uh, Charlie Hunnam's still able to somehow like pilot the Jaeger like by himself and kill the Kaiju. Uh, we see it like stumble ashore. There's that great shot where like the people are walking on the beach and the giant like Gypsy Danger like like falls. That's like, a great right by scene. Him. It's really cool and it, it kind of gives you like because uh, a lot of this is you know the monsters fighting the robots, but that gives you like the sense of scale of like how big yeah. the Jaegers actually are when you see it on the beach next to the people. So yeah, so it's, like- it's cool when they have the fights in the water when still most of the body is not in the water. Yes. And it's yeah. like, that's still like, it's gotta be like, I don't know, 50 feet of water that just the feet are in or something like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's cool. I like it. So, so we kind of had five years um, the, the, the governments have decided to shut down the Jaeger program. They don't think it's super efficient. It's very expensive. And they kind of think they've got a handle on the Kaiju. So their big thing is they're building this coastal wall, like a big, <laughs> a big wall, uh, to separate all the coastal cities from like, uh, the Kaiju. That seems so ridiculous because 
they're shutting down the Jaeger program and just building a wall. And eventually they're just going to like not have anything to kill the Jaegers and they're just going to keep building up. Even if that wall does hold back one Kaiju, uh, is it going to stop two or three or four? Like what their plan is asinine. Yeah, how do you do international trade with walls around the entire <laughs> Pacific Rim? Like, yeah. we're in 2013. We got globalization going on here. Like, what are we doing here? Well, and it's <laughs> funny, too, because so we're five years later. We find out that Charlie Hunnam is basically like he, he's no longer piloting Yeagers. He's like building the wall. But then, like, we get a news report. and They're basically like, yeah, like a kaiju broke through the coastal wall in Sydney in like less than a half hour. It broke through. Uh, but luckily, they happen to still have one of the more one of the active uh, Yeagers there. And it kills kills this uh, um, kaiju. So Idris Elba shows up at the wall where Charlie Hunnam is, and he's like, hey, we need we needed you to come back. They're shutting down the program. We only have so, so many certain Jaegers left, but we still have your Jaeger, Gypsy Danger. It's a Mach 3, and you're one of the only people that can pilot the Mach 3. Um, and so he convinces them to come to Hong Kong with him, which is where they're bringing all the assets for the Jaeger program to kind of have, like, the only base that they still have left. Right. Uh, and they... They get there. They introduce them to Mako, 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 Mako Mori. Uh, she has some kind of relationship to Idris Elba, but we're not. You know, we, we'll learn that more as we go on. Uh, we're also introduced to the research team. That's Charlie Day uh, and the other guy that you know really well. I can't think of his name now. <laughs> you oh, were talking the, about him for like ten minutes. The other scientist Gorman. Yes, Burn Gorman. And like like Burn Gorman's like he's more of like the uptight, stuffy guy, and like. Uh, Charlie Day is like he's got like kaiju tattoos and uh, like his whole thing is that he thinks that he wants to try and drift with a kaiju brain because he yep. wants to figure out where they're coming from and stuff like that. Um, we get like a tour of the facilities. We, we find out that they only have four Jaegers left. Um, they have uh, Crimson Typhoon. Mm-hmm. which is like the the one from Hong Kong, the one that has piloted by the three brothers that has three arms. Yep. Uh, there's Cherno Alpha, which is one of the original uh, Jaegers, and it's from Russia. And then Striker Eureka, which is the one from Australia, uh, the one that we've already seen before. Which is the newest um, and most like advanced one. Yeah, it's like the only one of like uh, the Mach 5 or something. It was right. like the only one ever made. Um, so like their Idris Elba's plan is basically like they had this bomb, this huge bomb, and they want to drop it down the breach uh, and, and blow up the breach so they, they, they can't come through. So like the plan is they're going to put the bomb on that uh, strike Eureka. It's going to take it, and the other three are going to play defense while they get into the breach. Um, okay. Uh, Idris Elba, like – Mako, they're, they're trying to find a co-pilot for uh, Charlie Hunnam for Gypsy Danger. Like, Mako wants to do it, but Idris Elba won't. Um, and, and we're introduced to the Australian pilots. And for some reason, the younger, like the Australian pilot, the younger guy, he immediately doesn't like Charlie Hunnam. And I can't quite figure out why. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and- like, I get the... I get that he's like supposed to be a jerk, like the young Australian guy, but like I don't understand why he hates Charlie Hunnam so immediately, like right off the bat. I think it's because he. It's why it's why Iceman hates Maverick. <laughs> Could be no. I, I think it's, it's because um, because he quit because he didn't stick around. Um, oh, so okay. so the Australians, their father and son, right? Yes. Um, and I, I think it's because you know he, he sees he sees Charlie Hunnam as as like a quitter, like someone who doesn't want to be there. He's just there because, you know, they're, they're making him be there. He shows right. up at the end cause they're desperate type right. of deal. And yeah, fair enough. So the next day they're doing like the training to figure out who he's going to be his co-pilot for some reason. The only way to determine who his best co-pilot is, is stick fighting. I still don't quite understand that. I've seen this movie like, uh, you know, like 10 times probably. And I still don't quite understand how stick fighting, how it has anything to do with who's going to be compatible to pilot a giant robot. (laughs) Wouldn't you just do a trial with other people in the robot and like see if you can maneuver and and do stuff? I think there's got to be some kind of like scientific like brain scan portion of it. Cause he's holding a chart, 
with a list of candidates, I would assume they probably did some kind of like medical or, or MRI or brainwave scan to kind of determine who the potential possibilities are. And then maybe seeing them fight somehow they can read rhythms with each other or have some kind of natural chemistry with each other. That's the only thing I could think of. Maybe. But anyway, so, like, he basically, like, is really compatible. He has a really good stick fight with Mako, but, like, uh, he and he wants her to be the pilot, but Idris Elba's still like, nah, it's not going to happen. Uh, while this is going on, Charlie Day, he drifts with the part of the kaiju brain that he has, and it works. Um, so they're like, hey, we need to do this again. Uh, but he has to, he needs more brain, more kaiju brain to drift with. So Idris Elba sends him to uh, Ron Perlman's character, Hannibal Chow, who's like a black market dealer of kaiju stuff. Because essentially, when they lost resources, they needed like they basically made a deal with them where he could, they could get stuff from him. But they're like, we'll give you access to kaiju corpses because it's like people like buying all the stuff from kaiju like on the black market for stuff. Right. Yeah. He also finds out when he taps into the brain you know, kind of what the plan is of the kaijus too, right? So he finds out that, what is the phrase he uses, that they're they're not tenants, they're exterminators. That's, that's and, right. And they were, and they they did a trial run with the dinosaurs. That was kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah, they're, they're basically, uh, they're was, basically trying yeah. to like, yeah, like terraform the earth mm-hmm. and like take it over and exterminate the population. And that's why they keep sending uh, the kaijus out is to, because they want to kill everyone else so they can take over the planet. Um, so, uh, Mako, I can't remember why that Idris Elba decides to let Mako, like, try and pilot Gypsy, Gypsy Danger, but they do, they're able to, uh, they're able to drift together, um, but they get out of alignment, because I guess the whole thing is when you're, like, drifting with someone, you get into their head, and you see your memories, and so she, like, starts chasing her memories, she gets, like, wrapped into it, and it throws them out of alignment, and that's when we see her memories that, like, when she was a kid, her parents were killed by a kaiju attack, um, uh, when she was young, um, and, and she like goes on this thing and it throws everything up and there's a reveal, but we don't find out the reveal till like a little bit later. Cause Charlie Hunnam's in her memory and kind of right. sees what's going on. Um, so back to Charlie day, he goes to the bone slums in Hong Kong, which is where I think they call it that because there's bones of like a big kaiju that died yes. there that are around the yep, place. So, right. um, he meets with Ron Perlman, um, what kind of cut between him meeting with Ron Perlman, Charlie Hunnam, and the Australian guy get in a fight? <laughs> um, and that's when we also learn, like, he talks to Idris Elba when we follow up, where that Idris Elba saved uh, Maku, Mako from the kaiju when she was a kid and kind of right. took her in. And so it's like her adopted father. That's he was, why he's the, so he was the pilot in the Jaeger that eventually stopped the kaiju that was destroying the city and killed her parents. They killed their parents, right? Yeah. So uh, while this is all going on, uh, two kaiju come out of the breach at the same time, uh, headed toward the city. Uh, and, and what they kind of, uh, what uh, Ron Perlman figures out is that, like, he's talking to Charlie Day, and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, drifting is a two-way street. So like, you were seeing what was going on with them, but they were also seeing what was going on with you. So like, the kaiju are actually trying to find him because he drifted with them. Which so I want to say, Ron Perlman's great. Like, I love Hannibal Chow. He's such a smarmy dick. Like, yeah. he's great in this movie. He is really good in this. I love his boots, too. And they yes. Like, they have like- <laughs> oh, do, do, were you reading about, uh, do, I, I assume you probably read this, that, I saw that uh, eventually bit, yeah. his he got to keep the boots, his wife melted them down and made high heels out of them. <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, I saw that. Can I also say that Charlie Day, I think, only knows how to act as Charlie Day in any yes, movie? It's, it's pretty true, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. He doesn't have a lot of range. He just kind of no. has the same character. But I feel like it works in this case. You yes. Know, to his yeah. advantage. Like, um, so anyways, so the, the two kaiju come through, but they're like, they're like, Gypsy Danger, you guys, you're out of alignment. We can't trust you to fight. The other three go out. Um, like immediately the, the typhoon one gets like killed, uh, the one with the three arms. Uh, and then the, then the Russian one gets like trashed too. It gets like held underwater and like drowned and stuff. So they're like down to just the really fancy Australian one. And like one of the kaiju lets out like 
I will describe it as like an EMP like thing where it like shuts down all the electricity right. and it basically shuts down the um, the fancy Australian one. So they have to send Gypsy Danger out because it runs on atomic power. It basically, it's like a big uh, atomic uh, energy generator or whatever fuel or I can't I'm not saying the word. It's right. nuclear you know power, like a, like a nuclear, nuclear or whatever, which I mean, if you've got this big fancy one from Australia, wouldn't you have like some sort of backup on it? But <laughs> well, I, I guess I, then you can't get. You know what happened had happened, but so so the one kaiju takes off into the city. Um, uh, Gypsy Danger shows up. This is probably this whole sequence here is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. It's so cool because he, he's fighting the one. They're fighting the one, and then they end up like on the docks. I love when he picks up those like the, again with the scale. It like picks up those shipping containers and just like bashes the kaiju's head in between them and it like it eventually they're kind of like pushing at each other and it pulls out its plasma can and it shoots it like i don't know how many times it shoots it like in the side but it's like you just see it keep shooting it and like holes and eventually you see like the skeleton and like the ribs and stuff and it's it's just it's very cool um to to see them fighting and like i said like just the whole the the scale of it picking up the shipping containers but then it gets even better because the other one's in the city and it's trying to get um the charlie day and right. like the bunkers they have these bunkers and i love that shower gypsy danger walked up and it's just holding that big tanker that big ship huge. Tanker it is in its a hand. huge tanker yeah. and he's essentially and it using just, it like a katana yeah he just swings it yeah. and bashes the um bashes the uh, kaiju with it um and they kind of have he's like fighting it in the city and he can't find it i love when it jumps out of that building and like yeah. tackles him how it how it like was hiding behind that building and <laughs> didn't see it um but anyways so then it like it sprouts wings and it's got a hold of gypsy danger and it flies it up like into the atmosphere basically uh and they don't know what to do because it's freezing over and then i like that little bit where they suddenly remember that it has that sword <laughs> and i yes. like it's so it's such like a thing of like like an anime thing where it's like all their like moves have like it's like you one part they're like use rocket elbow and it like pulled back and punches or like and I, even the sword like has a name it's like to me it's such like an anime type thing where like every move or weapon has like a special name um, uh, uh, again, Power Rangers, like the Power yeah. Sword or whatever it was oh, that yeah. he uses on the show. But I, but I was like, why didn't they use that sword sooner? It seemed pretty effective. And then later we find out they have a sword on each arm, like they yeah. could have yeah. used. But, but anyway, so then it like it slices the kaiju in half and it falls, but it's able to stop. It's able to like, I can't remember. Does it like fire like the thing from the nuclear, uh, the power to somehow to slow it down? Or yeah, it slows it, it down. It yeah, down. It slows it down. Um, so. Um, the dead kaiju, they get, they go, uh, Ron Perlman and, uh, Charlie Hunnam go cause he wants to find the brain, but like they Charlie can't, Day. but that, yeah, sorry, Charlie day, too many Charlies in this movie, but like that kaiju's pregnant and then it has a kaiju baby and, but then it like dies because it says its lungs weren't fully formed, but then it eats Ron Perlman. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> weird sequence. I feel like it is cause like, you know, they're all getting chased. And then you think that that they survived it, and then Perlman's kind of taunting it, I guess. Yeah, and then, yeah, he just gets. <laughs> and it's like, oh, all right, I guess that's the end of that. But and then, then the thing's still dead. Um, yeah, and then it still dies. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, so then we find out that um, I can't remember the exact sequence of events. I think maybe the next thing we find out is that there's like three kaiju's that have come through the breach. Right? Yeah. So like, Bern Gorman's been predicting like when these things will come out timing wise, he's been right on the money. And um, he said, we're going to have a double event. And then sure enough, they have a double event. He said, it's not going to be long before we have a triple event where three Kaijus are going to appear at the same time. Um, we also find out at this point that Idris Alba is pretty much dying, right? From like radiation. Poisoning. Right. Because they said, that, they said that basically the early Jaegers didn't have any kind of like radiation shielding or anything like that. So he that's sufficient radiation dying. shielding. Yeah. So he's dying. And they're basically like, if you pilot a Jaeger again, you're going to, you're going to die. It's going to be a death sentence. But he ends up having to, because the Australian guy, the, the older, the dad guy, I can't think of his name, got hurt and his arms all messed up. So he can't pilot it. So him and the young Australian guy are going to pilot the, 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 the fancy one whose name I can't remember. Striking. Then he gives that, then he gives that awesome speech. Yep. Right before they're going to get to the apocalypse. I, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. That speech is great. I mean, it's not quite like Bill Pullman and Independence Day, but <laughs> no, it's but still a. That was in it, every trailer, too. 
Yeah, it is that, that great speech and you're right. It's like, we are canceling the apocalypse. And like, it's very good. He gives a speech and everyone cheers. Um, so, and while this is going on, they're going to try and take the bomb. Uh, Newt and uh, Burn Gorman, they drift together with the baby kaiju brain. And they find out, like, what they find out is that, like, you can't travel through the breach unless you have, like, kaiju DNA. Like, if you were to try and get through and you weren't a kaiju, it wouldn't let you in. It would, like, bounce off or you couldn't teleport or whatever right. it is through it. So they find out and they tell them this information, but it's a little too late. They're already there. They get to the breach. They kind of engage. And it's the first time because they give the kaijus, like, category names, like like hurricanes, you know, and they're, like, they've been having category fours and there's two there, but then, like, this category five comes through the breach and it's a freaking monster. It is huge. It is huge. And this is all, like, underwater, which is really cool. I think they do a good job of thinking of reasons for them to fight. Like there's there's never a Jaeger fight in this like in the broad daylight, you know, which is but I think right. that kind of helps. With, it helps like, with the, the atmosphere. I mean, it, it's essentially always raining there. Like it's never it's never sunny. Like it's always dark. And I was reading that um, a lot of the inspiration for the environment of the city was taken from uh, Blade Runner. And in Blade Runner, okay. it's it's never sunny. It's always it, Blade Runner looks like this. Like it, it's yeah. always this kind of atmosphere. That makes sense. So there, there can I say to oh, though yeah. real quick that I I just it seemed to me from from up to this point, it seems like the Jaegers are pretty evenly matched with the kaiju. Yeah. But then when it's this triple event, I don't know. It just feels like the Jaegers should have gotten their asses kicked, yep. especially when that category five shows up. I mean, I, would so say, I was, I was a little disappointed that it didn't quite say, have on that like monumental feeling to it. But then I also don't know what would have been a proper answer to fix that. So I would say in a sense, they do get their asses kicked yeah, by these do. Jaegers. Like, like yeah. gypsy, da- gypsy danger loses an arm. And the other one basically gets so messed up that like they have to, they self-destruct. I do like when that one, I do like when Gypsy Danger gets all effed up and that one that's kind of like eel-like swims at him mm-hmm. and they just pull out the sword again and just slice the thing yep. from like its throat all the way down to its tail. Um, but yeah, it, so seemed, the, it seemed to me like they fought, like they fought the first two and it was like, it was a hard fight or whatever, but I, I was kind of like, well, by the time the, the category five, the third one shows up, the other two seemed like they're in such rough shape already that it should have been well they didn't really engage I don't know. they didn't really engage the category 5 a whole lot it kind of just yeah. swam around a bit and then um once the striker made contact with the category 5 it essentially just self-destructed yeah well cuz what they figure out is that like the the um i wish i could remember the name of it uh, gypsy typhoon or whatever it is gypsy the, danger the australian oh no, striker no, the australian one the striker it, it's, eureka it's, it's so like badly damaged that they ultimately like sacrifice themselves and, mm-hmm. and let that and set off the big nuclear bomb they have uh, to like clear away for Gypsy Danger, um, and because they're like, well, you gotta you gotta basically ride a kaiju through the breach. So I like that it's carrying that dead body to go through, but then like I think is it the Category Five one that survives that nuclear blast? Because I love yeah. that one. Yeah, because it like it starts attacking them. And it like just dives in there, and it like jams the sword in its head, and literally like rides it through the breach to get to the other side. Because what they what they figure out is they're like, well, we don't have this bomb, but Gypsy Danger has a nuclear core, so we can go down there and self destruct that, and it'll still work the same. Yep. So they get down into the breach. The Category Five is dead. You get that great scene where it's floating down. Uh, they send he sends Mako up and like the escape pod, but he has to like manually do the self destruct because yep. the gypsy danger is so messed up. And I like it's floating down. You see like the alien creatures are all watching it, and he like gets away just in time before it explodes. It blows up. The breach closes. You think maybe Charlie Hunnam's dead, but he's not. He pops up and he's alive. And like I don't know, I feel like it's kind of weird. Like they feel like they were kind of setting up a romance between him and Mako the whole time, but then like they don't even like I kiss or anything so. at the end. Yeah. But, and can I also ask our, our physics expert here, um, how does the second escape pod go up? Like, wouldn't it have also gone down with the robot? Uh, 
I think it had escaped like jets on it to propel it up. Typically, when you have an ex- when you have some how kind of, far down, like how long it was going down for. Well, it I mean, if you some... look at it, it was floating down, and it's pretty heavy. So you would assume that the gravity is pretty different. Um, and if it's an yeah. escape pod, it's not an escape pod built for underwater. It's an escape pod built for any situation. So it probably is rocket propelled, like most okay. like an escape like a like an ejector seat will shoot you up like yeah. far so you can get away from whatever your your aircraft is that's being destroyed um same See, thing i was with thinking that. maybe yeah i was thinking maybe it was like a buoyancy thing but well, then it's like also if you go far down it. enough like wouldn't it go the other way hovercraft joe has something to say i have a question too <laughs> wasn't the whole thing that they said that you can't get through the breach unless you have kaiju DJ dna so ah. how did those escape pods get through the breach well i think the the breach was still Too open small, maybe? it was still in the oh. process of tra- the breach isn't just like a doorway it's like a tunnel and once you're once it's yeah. open you can travel between it so while the kaiju dna is still in there okay it stays I, open you know what that satisfies my question of that but yeah so they survive and like uh, the breach is closed and they they they're like shut down the doomsday clock it's over we won and like the helicopters come to pick them up and they don't kiss and yeah, it's kind of like at the end of a James Bond movie. They're floating on a raft in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, just just uh, not yeah, having sex. Except, I was gonna say, except Bond doesn't blink her. And then the the movie ends, and that sick guitar riff yep. kicks in again. <laughs> with <laughs> man, with maybe the coolest closing credits ever. Like those closing credits with the models of the uh, of the different Jaegers, and they're zooming around them and getting close ups of it. That is so sweet. I thought you meant it was when Ron Perlman. Oh, no. that part was rip, funny, too. Rips himself out of the monster. Yep. Where's my goddamn shoe? <laughs> Did you uh, see that they said that they, like, in the process of making this movie, they designed, like, a hundred different kaijus and Jaegers and just, like, kind of, like, had a process of voting on them, decide which ones they people liked the best, and yep. eventually the ones they used? That's wild. Yep. I'll bet um, you people had a lot of fun doing that. Oh, oh man. Sure. Can you imagine just be like, oh, yeah, we just designed, like, five giant monsters and stuff today, so... Yeah. Uh, or even the robots. I'm sure that was fun to think of names and stuff like that. So, um, mm-hmm. what do you got, uh, LPJ, as far as uh, role reversal? Because I know there were some stuff for this one. There are a few. Yep. Um, so, initially, uh, sorry, I'm pulling it up here. Originally, uh, Tom Cruise was considered for the role of Idris Elba um, and just didn't take it for some reason. Uh, Herc Hansen was the name of the, um, older, uh, Australian guy. Okay. Uh, Stellan yeah, Skarsgård yeah. was considered for that role. Um, you also had, I don't know how I feel about that one, but I think Tom Cruise, I mean, he would have chewed the scenery of the film, but See, I, think I don't know. I could have been maybe. Okay. Maybe it's hard to say, but I love Idris Elba. In this. Yeah. I, mean, oh, I, 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 I agree. I think, I think he's Elba is great just in general, but I really like him in this. So it's hard for me. I mean, that's a lot of this stuff when we talk about these role reversals that, you know, when it's a good performance, it's hard to picture anyone else. That, like, I, I do agree that Tom Cruise, you know, could have done it. It would just, I don't know if it would have worked as well, but it's, it's hard to say, you know? Yeah, it wouldn't have been the same. Um, so for Charlie Hunnam's role, Riley Beckett, uh, Taylor Kitsch, uh, okay. Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, Aaron Paul, who is essentially interchangeable with Charlie Hunnam, uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Henry Cavill were all considered for. Ooh. Henry Cavill would have been pretty good, but I think Henry Cavill's too big. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's. I, I, I as much as I like this movie, I feel like I don't know. I think Charlie Hunnam to me is the weakest part of the movie. If I'm being honest with you, yeah, you're not I don't wrong. love. I don't love him in this movie. He's. I don't love his American accent. No, I don't know. His like, American accent is poor. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't. He doesn't ruin the movie or detract from it. But I. He is my probably my least favorite part. I just don't. I mean, I'm sure he's a fine actor. I just don't really like. I. I think I, I would have liked to seen someone else in this role. I mean, you know, that's just me though. Yeah, I think Aaron Paul would have been really good in it. Um, yeah, I think I any think of those so people could have yeah. done it, especially you know? after seeing him in Westworld. Like seeing him in a, in a situation other than breaking bad um i think he's phenomenal uh but you're right i think i think you're right i think charlie hunnam is i would say of the cast probably the weakest 
Um, and then we should say that they did make, uh, we maybe touched on it, but they did, we, they did make a sequel to this movie. Um, uh, why can't I think of what it's called now? Oh, uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah. And then there's um, a cartoon while, series as well. Yeah. On Netflix. And while I don't think that Uprising is as good as this one, I think it's still, a, it's not a bad movie. Like yeah. I've only seen it like once or twice, but it's got John Boyega in it. It's got Eastwood. Um, I not like really it. anyone. Yeah. Not any, really anyone from this. And I, to be honest with you, I don't really remember what the plot of that movie is, how they pick up. Like, I don't really yeah. remember, but. I know that Charlie Day's in it, but um, I think that might be the I, issue. Is it's kind of unremarkable plot wise. Yeah, I think it's like it's fine. You know, yeah. like it, it, it's fun to watch. You get more monsters and giant robots fighting and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't think it's quite as good because I don't think you have like the performances like you have in this sort of like Idris Elba and stuff like that that really stand out. Right. From what I, I kept I thinking for the first hour of this movie that John Boyega was showing up in it, and then I was like, <laughs> oh wait, I think there was a sequel, and I think. Well, I, and I, I think that's the thing about the sequels that John Boyega is Idris Elba's son. Correct. Yeah. In, in that movie, and like so, like. Yeah. Mako is kind of like his sister, and I think she's yes. in it actually. Yeah, uh, she's briefly, in it. So I don't know we, we will cover it sometime. It's not a bad movie. I mean, it's it's definitely like I, said, I don't think it's as good as this one, but I definitely don't think it's bad. So right, uh, and like you said, I know that they had the the cartoon. I think it's like more like an anime style on yeah, Netflix. But it's I've still never, on too. I've never watched it, so Neither I don't really. I. Um, I, I can't really speak to it. Um, which is like I, I don't know. To me, it's like this whole thing loses its. I don't know. Like I've seen this in like cartoon form before. So like, I don't know if that's as interesting to me. That's what I think I like about this is that it's like the big, huge on the screen, like robots. So it's like, I don't know. It's not as interesting to me in animated form as it is in like live action, so to speak. Right. No, I agree with that. I, I think because it's such a spectacle seeing this in live action, um, you know, it makes, I think it makes the anime series seem less spectacular than it probably actually is. When you guys saw this in the theater, did you see it in 3D? Because I, I saw that this did. was big for I, 3D. I can't remember, to be honest with you, since it was so long ago. I don't really remember. I don't think I know it was. I, I know it was converted to 3D, wasn't right. it? Like it wasn't originally like planned to be, but I don't know. I can't remember. I feel like I saw it twice in the theater, so I might have seen it in 3D one of the two times, but I, I really can't remember. So. I don't think it loses anything not being no. in 3D, but I'm sure some, no, of the stuff, some of the stuff probably was cool in 3D, some of the stuff they did. so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I honestly can't remember. So, um, Anything else specifically that we didn't cover or you wanted to mention or, or any other thoughts that you had before we kind of get into our final thoughts on it? No, I mean, I will say, like, I, I am... I'm, I remember seeing this movie and then the aftermath of the movie, and being slightly disappointed that it wasn't a bigger hit than it was. And I think that's just because I enjoyed the movie as much as I did. Um, I wished it would have become bigger. Kind of like, you know, like like Transformers did. But obviously Transformers was a was it was a was an existing kind of juggernaut in in and of itself. Yeah, but, it's a it's a known IP. Sure. So I mean, it's gonna bring people to it regardless. Absolutely. So I was hoping that maybe this movie would do that, you know. And maybe not, obviously not on that larger a scale, but would create sort of a, a, a fever to create these kind of movies because I, I really enjoyed it. Well, I wonder. I wonder too, oh, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. I was no, going to say, go I wonder if it's because of maybe the seriousness of the film in a way. Like, I don't, I don't know how well this movie translates to like children, whereas Transformers, like you mentioned, had that reputation with children and toys and that kind of marketing. I don't know if that's what this film has. So maybe I, that's why it didn't take off could as be. well as it I, did. I agree to a certain extent, but I also feel like this is a movie you could watch and tune out everything besides giant robots fighting monsters. Like, I, oh, think, yeah. I think you yeah. could watch this and tune out a lot of that. I also think that maybe this movie is a little too, like maybe it's a little too early because if you think about it now, like we've had the, resurgence of like the Godzilla franchise and King Kong and Godzilla versus King Kong. So maybe this movie just missed the curve a little bit, you know, like maybe if it had come out a couple years later, it would have done better because we would have been reintroduced to this new idea of like the big monster movie like we have now. Well, there were talks because this is produced by legendary and legendary also produces Godzilla um, and King Kong that 
there was going to be a big crossover between the three franchises uh, and, and essentially set up their own kind of universe. Um, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, I don't know. That, that you, sounds that sounds a bit too much to me. Well, I don't know if it's have, ever going to happen, but that was the talk at one point. Just like just like a straight up gypsy danger, like cutting Godzilla's head off. So yeah. <laughs> it, it it is hard to figure out because it's like, well, are they going to end up teaming up together? I don't know, but um, but yeah, I think maybe like you said, like you said, maybe it doesn't appeal to children as much because it is more of a serious tone. But also, like I said, I think maybe it missed the wave of kind of resurgence of these kind of movies to uh really be popular and i think i don't know what the difference between uh uh, i'm gonna look it up now because this one is 2013 i want to see when the sequel came out because i'm uh, i think i saw 2017 maybe 2018 let's see here pacific rim uh uprising was 2018 so so like five years but um yeah, I, I, I do agree with you to a certain extent, LPJ. I'm surprised it didn't become more of a franchise because it does seem like it's the one where you could easily keep making these movies, you know? Sure. Um, but it just didn't... But, like, I wonder, because obviously it was super profitable overseas. Uh, like I said, we'll at some point we'll cover the second one because I'll be curious to see the kind of money that one made. And I'm assuming that that one had a decent drop-off in profits as in they, why they haven't made any more of them. So. Oh, you know, here, I'm reading it right now. Uh, as a, so this is from the sequel. Uh, in October 2017, five months before the film's release, the director stated, if enough people see this, we've already talked about a plot for a third movie and how to expand it into a universe similar to like what Star Wars or Star Trek did. Uh, and make it possibly crossing over with the monsterverse that Universal was sort of trying to develop. Uh, although as of January 2021... Del Toro says there are no plans to return for a third installment. Well, here you go, too. Just, I just pulled it up just out of curiosity. So uh, Pacific, Rim Upr- Pacific Rim Uprising, I don't, I mean, I, don't, I don't have the budget here, but I can tell you it, only, it made $59 million uh, domestically and $290 million total like, worldwide. So that's a like, $200 Almost million dollar, yeah, drop-off. Yeah. So I guess they were like diminishing returns. Yeah. They probably were like, if we make a third one, it's going to be even less. And so uh, that that's probably the the reason for the lack of a third movie. So, yeah, could be. That makes um, sense. Yeah, it's also about the same time frame now, though, that the first and the second movie were. Yeah, yeah. right. About four or five years. But... Well, who knows? And also, like you said, they, this is the same people that own King Kong and Godzilla. Maybe with how popular those movies are coming, maybe there is something kicking around for another live action Pacific Rim. I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but you never know. Yeah. You never know. If anything, Hollywood likes to just make movies that already exist. So they don't really want to think (laughs) of original stuff. So, I mean, Uh kick out another, which I mean, it's true to a certain extent, but like that is kind of crazy. to think about this movie that like, I mean, yes, it plays on a lot of, you know, monster movies and anime and stuff like that. But this is a original idea. Yes, you know, this is. isn't like based on a TV show, based on a comic book or anything like that. It draws from other ideas, but it is itself an original idea, which is kind of, you know, in some ways, especially now, uh, it, to be as successful as it was kind of like a, a unicorn, you know, like you don't yep. see a lot of big, huge movies that aren't tied to an existing IP in some way, shape or form or a sequel or something like that. So, and honestly, I think that's what I find appealing about this movie. I think it's what made me enjoy it was just how unique and different it was. So, All right. Well, in that case, let's just get to the rating and we'll see how it goes from there. Okay. Yeah. okay. Who uh, wants to go first? I'll go I first. I can go first. Or... <laughs> what, what you go ahead go ahead Sphinx. all right i mean i don't have anything much more to say than what i just said it's you know it, this is a genre that i'm not you know i'm not much of a monster movie kind of guy um but i liked how there was a lot of setup i liked how it really helped create a world uh that that we're living in in this film and they just continued to extend into it and i was sold on it and what they were offering and the action scenes are awesome. Um, you know, there's not a ton of story to it, but it's it's a monster movie. Like, there doesn't need to be a whole lot. Um, you know, it's a disaster movie, too, on top of it. 
And it's it's essentially like Transformers meets Power Rangers meets Godzilla meets ID4. Um, so it hits a lot of cool stuff. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll give it three and a half machine guns. Um, I'll go next. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. Uh, obviously, I like this movie. I've seen it a bunch. Um, it, it's a very unique thing. It plays on a lot of established stuff, but it is its own idea. The uh, The fight scenes are very cool. I mean, especially at the time, you don't really see anything like it in a live-action movie. Um, I'll, I'll say where this movie maybe kind of you know falls off a little bit for me, and it's the case with any of these monster movies, is like, you can't just have like two hours of robots and monsters fighting. Like you have to build in the human story and the human characters. And other than Idris Elba, I didn't, I don't really care about too many of the humans and what they're doing in this movie that much, but you have to have that in, you have to have that in the plot um, because otherwise it's just rock em, sock em robots. So like, I understand, but I, I don't know, it's not super interesting to me, but I'm, I'm going to give it three and a half machine guns uh, like you as well. Uh, LBJ. Uh, you know, I'm right with you guys. Uh, I, but I really like this movie a lot. Like I've never had an issue sitting down and watching it. If it was on TV, I would just pick it up wherever, wherever I'm at in the film and just start watching it. Um, music's really good. Yeah. You know, the, the graphics hold up. Um, you're right. The, 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 the relationships between the human characters aren't fully developed, but at the end of the day, it's a monster movie with giant robots fighting giant <laughs> monsters. And at yeah, no point was point. I at no point was I bored. At no point was I not entertained. And I it's this movie is so rewatchable. Like it's just a cool movie. Um mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go for machine guns because there's not we don't run into a lot of movies where you can just put it on wherever and watch it. Not be confused and enjoy the movie for what it is. Like there's a lot of movies that you can watch over and over again, but you got to watch them from beginning to end to really kind of appreciate them. This is put on wherever and it, and it's fine. It's, it's entertaining mindlessness. Yeah. Kind of. It's as mindless and, and or it's as fine. deep as you want it to be. Yeah. It, it has its place for, like you just said, if you're just casually, just kind of flipping through and it pops on and you're doing other stuff along the way. Um, but it does. It'll have those scenes that still grab your attention. You want to watch. So. Sure. Yeah. So this is absolutely four machine guns for me. Okay. I, I, I'm almost there with you, but I think I'm sticking with three and a half. All right. Well, uh, anything in particular you guys want to plug? Uh, our ongoing feud with the legend of retro. <laughs> yep. Come out of retirement and cover the Hudson Hawk game. We'll get I him. I think it needs to be there. We'll get, we'll get him at yeah. some point. We'll make it happen. At some point. We'll give you the airtime. We'll give you an, a week of our show to cover it. Yep. Done. So other than that, no, I got nothing to plug. I'm going to plug. I'm going to give a free plug to the local pizza place. Two guys, pizza pies here. Oh, it's very good. Here yeah, in Livonia. It is the yeah. best pizza in 30 miles of my house. Easily. Like, oh, it's very good. I've had it, I've had a couple, number of times. It is. You're right. It is very good. I support you. Two that. guys pizza pies. It's on uh, Seven Mile Road in Farmington in Livonia, Michigan. Uh, free plugs for them all day long. I love their pizza. It's the best, and it's not super expensive either. You know, plug I'll give because uh, I saw it on our Discord is uh, a celebration uh, or, or another sad ending, depending on how you think of it. Uh, with Craig WK and, and Noobs and Dragons is that show uh, has just come to an end within the last few weeks or so. Yep. So three great seasons. LPJ and I were a part of season two that literally went through like two and a half years of our life. <laughs> but but uh, Craig did tell me that you're now you're, you're in. You're in the Thursday night oh, yeah, uh, D&D group. Yeah, I play, I play yeah. the Thursday night group right now. We're playing uh, playing a game called yeah. Hunter. And uh, I play a hunter, and uh, <laughs> crazy, yeah. And I played a, Ooh. I was a vampire. I played a vampire before who was based on a Rambo. It was great. Nice. Wow. I do want to add one other thing. Uh, at the day of recording this, uh, R.I.P. to Fred Williams, uh, Fred, Fred, Ward. Fred Ward, Fred Ward, Fred Ward. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, star of Tremors and uh, Remo Williams. Remo Williams. Remo Williams. 
terrible, terrible movie they card. R.I.P. Uh, Fred Ward. Uh, yeah. You know. I don't know how and he died. Done part three. I, I think he might have been eighty or something, but uh, but he passed away. So R.I.P. Fred Ward. You're right. All right. Anything else? What you? What we want to bring the house down with? No, you know what? You say it's late a lot of times. As I it's do. not, but it is It is late. We're not used to, since we're doing these home recordings, we're not used to recording this late. So I'm good. I think this is a solid episode. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It is on HBO Max. That's how I watched it. Fair enough. All right. In that case. Bravo. Alice Dewar. Oh, that's different. That's, that's <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's, can we, let's not, please. This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>